Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Good morning and greetings from the great state of northern Michigan. Below the UP, but above the halfway point. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Uh, I'm an idiot. It's early. Uh, Just a quick little info thing on this uh, podcast. This one is from the road. It's a little different. It's literally from the road. It's from me in my car before the last talk and then... Actually, while I am tunneling down the highway, this little podcast contraption that I have allows me not to have to actually use the big microphones. It's a standalone thing. But the audio quality, obviously, in a moving car is not uh, as good. But I, you know, I don't know. It was kind of fun to do this podcast and just have that stream of consciousness. I don't know. You might find it funny, but you might be like, this is so dumb. Uh, And that's fine as well. But uh, I have, you know, obviously more podcasts coming out. But I figured I'd throw this one out because... Yeah, yeah, I always kind of wanted to do one of these, and uh, yeah, the trip is over. I head out on a delivery here in a couple of days, uh, but I'm doing a little R&R right now, and it feels absolutely amazing. Thank you all so much for all the support and everything, and I'm going to do my spiel. I actually do it in this uh, first little clip, so no, uh, no promo right now. It'll come a little bit later. But yeah, I just wanted to let people know exactly what uh, I don't know what this this oddball podcast was all about. So uh, if it's if you listen to it, and you know, you know, you get you're like, this is so dumb. That's totally fine. Uh, there's more coming. <laughs> that's hopefully back to my normal sort of thing. But other than that, hopefully you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening, and here we go. Welcome everybody to the show. Believe it or not, I am. Sitting in a car on the edge of Cape Cod. We have come to the final day of this tour. Wrapping things up. A little place called Allen Harbor. And, uh, yeah. Started out on, I believe it was like September 20th or 19th. Been on the road for quite a while. Little little breaks here and there, stopping in to see uh, Old Sparrow and do all that sort of stuff. But I've got one more talk tonight, and uh, then I'm going to make my way back towards Michigan. It's crazy. I can't believe we're, we've come to the end. And uh, I had a great podcast this morning with uh, one of the... Uh, one of the master sailmakers over there at North Sales. Uh, that one will come out in, a, I don't know, a week or two, but... Um, yeah, just figured I'd do a little little wrap up action while I'm sort of sitting here. I got I got about an hour or so to kill. And uh yeah, just wanted to I don't know, take a moment, take a, a hot second to, um to get into uh I don't know, just to feel it. Like to take this minute in before it's over, because after tonight's talk, then all of a sudden it's a whole different world. Uh, this, you know, it's it's moving on to the next thing, uh, which in my case will be some yacht deliveries and things like that. And then, yeah, I do have another presentation down in Florida, um, Fort Pierce, but that's not until December, and that's not that wasn't really originally part of the tour and all that sort of stuff. So, 
I don't know, pretty pretty cool. But uh, before we get further and deeper into the show, uh, if you want to support this podcast, there's a couple different ways, uh, and I figure I, I should mention both of them. One is to become part of the Patreon family, the uh, the strong members that decide to donate on a monthly basis and uh, continue their sort of subscription. It's really a fantastic thing that uh, all of you people have done because really without you guys, who knows if the the podcast would have kept going on. I really mean that. So that support really helps. The other way uh, is to do like a one-time donation. And I've got uh, links for all of it, Patreon, a link for the PayPal, a link for the Venmo. So if you just want to throw old j Rome a couple bucks to to put towards Sparrow or whatever. That's, uh, that's very much appreciated as well. Uh, obviously, we still have the merch line. And uh, if you want to reach out to the show, sailingintooblivion.com. Hit the podcast link and uh, contact the show button, and that goes directly to me. So really, really appreciate that. And, um, yeah, I always love, always love hearing from my listeners and uh, – yeah, it's great. Uh, people have been sort of sharing the show out, sort of telling other people. It is slowly starting to grow. I know there was there was definitely like a big lull during the summer, but luckily this past month, um, October was really good. I was able to really sit down with a lot of people and keep the schedule going, which feels absolutely amazing. It's not the easiest thing to do. If you ask anybody who's got a podcast, it's uh, it's a lot of a lot of hours uh, to commit and. I think more than anything, though, it really is. It's the whole idea of week after week after week after week, month after month, continuing to go. And we're, we're getting like three three years or something like that in at this point. And uh, I never would have thought, never would have thought I would have kept being able to go. And it's it's still true when I think about, you know, trying to come up with people to sit down with things that I'll talk about all that sort of stuff if I try and think in terms of oh man what am I going to come up with for November you know that's four four and a half weeks that's eight that's ten shows what am I going to talk about ten shows but if I think about just like a week uh, then uh, it's way more realistic and and it goes back to in a lot of ways the um mindset that I had when I was out on the ocean doing doing a big trip you can't focus on the whole thing I mean the the scope of going around the world or trying to do any of the other trips that I tried you can't think of the whole thing you keep that goal in your mind you know and with the podcast obviously the goal is to do it for another bunch of years if not for until I'm an old man and uh, the whole podcast world just falls and crumbles around me <laughs> be there until the last final final uh, word is spoken but no um you know out there that it definitely helps whenever you're feeling overwhelmed with a, ta- a task or a challenge or something like that it really does uh i find personally that if i narrow the scope of my thinking that that eases off the pressure it allows me to take one task at a time far more manageable far less stressful takes the worry out and as long as you can sort of keep keep your main focus on that and you know pack away that overarching goal or challenge in the back of your mind then you're pretty much good to go and then kind of the cool part about it really is as time passes and you keep notching away at these little tiny uh these little tiny wins and these little tiny moments 
you know, all of a sudden you sort of snap out of it a year down the line or a month or two years or 10 years and you look back and you're sort of like, whoa. And I, you know, I was recently able to do that once we, once we hit that, that pinnacle mark of the 200th episode, you know, I kind of look back. I, I remember just scrolling through. Uh, down the list of all the different podcasts and seeing all the different people and all the different subjects and all that sort of stuff. And it was just, I don't know, it was kind of neat. It was, uh, I was like, holy cow, you know, oh, I forgot about that one. You know, I think about the first, the first one that I, first person I sat down and talked to was Walt. That was like the, uh, he was a, a great looper and uh, a great guy. Really, really cool. And now that I think about it, you know, I would probably attack that whole conversation way, way different. And obviously we'd have uh, better microphones and all that sort of stuff. But <clears throat> hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Humble beginnings. That used to be a big theme for me was you don't need a whole lot or you can start out small, starting out small and you don't need a whole lot. You don't need much to do a whole lot. Something like that. I had a clever way of saying it rather than what I just said right there because that was pretty dumb. But essentially what it means is, uh, and I, I took it from, you know, you take an old West Sale 32, you have a minimal budget and I mean minimal and then you set off to sail the biggest trip you possibly can, and uh, and you succeed. You do it, and that that definitely, I think, says a lot about the whole idea of you, know, you start out small, and you never know how big you can go. And I've always, I think it was something I really picked up in the Caribbean because we had such limited resources down there to run a pretty substantial program, really dynamic water sports center, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I remember, I remember a guy, uh, his nickname was Nipper, but uh, shout out Aaron. Yeah. He, I remember him coming up to me and being like, dude, I gotta tell you, man, you're doing a whole lot with very little. It's uh, and that stuck with me. I don't know. That was, uh, that was a really genuine, awesome compliment. He'd be a great guest to have on the show. He's uh he was born down there in the islands and uh, just a really interesting, interesting fella. And he was one of those guys who's kind of like party animal sort of stuff, but uh, ended up finding the love of his life down there. Got married and had some kids, uh, or at least had one kid, and uh, you know went from the party guy to the family man and does a, a darn good job of it. So pretty cool stuff there. But yeah, so game plan logistically, I'm sitting up here at the Cape Cod Lighthouse, and I got to drive back another hour to uh, get to the venue. We're gonna do a little cocktail reception, get everything set up, all that sort of stuff, and then it's a uh, a dinner event. These are always pretty cool. It's a bunch of tables, meet and greet with everybody. And, and this is nice because it's a repeat. Uh, I've been here before. I did the talk about going around the world, but that was fresh out of the gate. So this time, you know, I'm armed, got my artillery, I got the book, I got all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, essentially get to get to uh, go and got to roll that window down. Never done one of these in a car. Um, get to do this new presentation and sell some of the books and everything and, you know, meet and greet with everybody once again. Definitely a far more forgiving audience, I'm sure. And, yeah, essentially we'll 
we'll end up going uh, probably talk starts at six. So I'll probably be out of there around eight. And then I'm going to start chipping away the miles back to Michigan. It's the long haul, man. It's, uh, yeah, going basically from Cape Cod to the tip of the Met is not, it's like a 16 hour trip, if not more, uh, probably more like 17. But I just need to be in the Ann Arbor area for a meeting on Monday. So I will have all of Sunday to drive. But I really, if I can chip away a good little portion, I don't think I'll get to Michigan by, well, yeah, who knows, who knows. It's probably, it's probably like 14 or 15 hours to get to Detroit. And then uh, I've got my last little four hours to get up there. So it's really... It's really probably only about 13 hours. So if I can chip away even two or three hours tomorrow night or tonight, then uh, get a hotel and and then make the rest up. But I don't know. Got to figure out if I'm going to drive across Pennsylvania or New York. I definitely do not want to go through Canada because sometimes those uh, the customs and stuff can be outrageously long lines and everything. So. I figure I'm going to, you know, stay in the States, do all that sort of stuff, and then uh, just go from there. But um, I don't know. It's kind of nice. All the rest of the driving that I've done has all been headed to another presentation or another event or something like that. And this being the last one, I'm looking at probably a week of sort of resting up and uh, taking five before heading off to a delivery and everything. So it's actually kind of nice to have an actual breather because, you know, even the time down there with uh, <clears throat> where I was Mighty Sparrow and stuff, that was all work. And I don't know, I guess there was some play, but it was mostly work and really not fun work. Grinding that fiberglass and doing all that stuff was definitely not uh, not very enjoyable. So definitely looking forward to a little rest and relaxation and kind of that feeling of uh, a job well done and I don't want to say too much on that because I'm not 100% finished I could totally bomb this thing tonight I don't think I will I think I've got this uh, this presentation's uh, really fun not only to deliver but uh, there's a lot of good interaction I think with this place because I know all the I know a lot of the people and stuff it's one where I I usually would save all questions for the end of the talk but with this one I think I can kind of open things up amidst the actual um, show so people can throw some questions out and I don't mind that at all it kind of keeps things fresh and I've always uh, done a pretty good job with the whole Q&A thing and thinking on your feet. And that's one of the true benefits of never embellishing, never lying. And uh, when you tell a story, it's the story that happened because then you don't ever you don't have to think twice. I couldn't imagine if I had had sort of come up with some sort of fabrication or something along those lines. And then every time you do a presentation, you got to watch yourself so you don't say the wrong thing or something like that. I mean, most of my stories don't ever have to be embellished anyway. They're crazy enough, but still, I couldn't imagine being stuck in that scenario where you're just like, oh, man, what did I say last time? Or, oh, I let that slip. That would would be a nightmare. That'd be like a self-imposed prison in a lot of ways. But who knows? We will see. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Other than that, um, I did finally. I guess I can. I can give away. Well, you would already heard it if you listen to the podcast a lot. But getting to sit down with Matt Rutherford, that was a real treat. That was pretty amazing. Um, and to be able to do it aboard his mighty vessel there was was fantastic up there in Annapolis. Um, big thanks for for making some time. I mean, he had just just gotten rid of the last of his crew and then i guess that's a negative like the last of the crew had left the boat hours before and so it was his first chance to really be alone on the boat and then you know here i come hey come on super podcast but i think he was pretty excited about it you know two two super like ultra long distance solo sailors getting to hang out is uh, a pretty darn cool thing so uh it's been a long time coming we both have wanted to do that for for quite some time and it really is it was uh it was really cool and thanks for the pizza thanks for the fine little shot of scotch that we had that was really cool i think that's like a a staple in the rutherford uh, game plan there is to to always any any event worth having is worth having a uh, a quick nip on the old scotch bottle I, I did kind of, if I didn't have to drive so far the next the next day, I would have uh, definitely taken him up on the offer and crashed there. And then we could have just probably done a five-hour podcast. But two hours and 15 minutes, pretty darn good. I was pretty happy with that one. Um, and it went by like like it was nothing. So that one is, uh, that was definitely cool. And I can't wait to do another one. I feel like, you know, he and I, if we if we continue on to do a few more podcasts, it'll I'm sure it'll be one of those where essentially, you know, he's he's we'd have to go and pick a couple of subjects or else we'll just go off and do I mean, we'll still go off track and go into the weeds and all that sort of stuff. But it's one of those where if we have a couple of things that we want to talk about, at least it'll give the podcast the discussion a little bit of a roadway to follow or else uh you know we just dive into 80 million different subjects but for the first one definitely super fun you know these conversations uh the one that i had today you know it's it really is um i i'm learning more and more every single time about approaching uh a conversation with somebody that i have never met before and uh trying to make it interesting without losing its ability to be a genuine just conversation that is you know authentic it's not scripted i try not to do too much research on the people that i am actually sitting down with or anything like that and uh, you know you know a couple fun facts here and there but you discover the rest of it because then it becomes something that i think is a little more fun to listen to and and it's it's fun for me as well because it it makes it more like just two people sitting down and having a discussion rather than, you know, me trying to get the greatest tidbits out of another human being. That that kind of seems a little utilitarian, if that's the right word, or uh, opportunistic, maybe. I don't know. Negative in connotation. That's what I'm trying to trying to find. I got to get a thesaurus. <laughs> Oh man, but um, yeah, I don't know. This one we're gonna do a couple. We're gonna do it in a couple different stages. I, I am toying with the idea of trying to do this while I'm driving, but I don't think that really is gonna work. I think the outside, the background noise is just a little too too much. But I might give it a shot anyway. Um, you know, it's a pretty quiet car, and uh, I might be able to just get away with it. So, 
We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to go take a little stroll. Uh, I did get this little TENS machine thing that was recommended by uh, a new friend of mine, Ben. Shout out, Ben. And uh, it's amazing. The connections you make throughout uh, this sailing industry is really just quite staggering sometimes. But uh, I stopped at a little pharmacy. This is basically one of those things where you have two little, two little pads and they send all these little shock vibes into your back. And I'm hoping that's going to ease things off. But, um, you know, here in a little bit, I'm going to pop some ibuprofen, which I normally don't like to do. Uh, I just won't, don't want to be all hunched over when I'm up there trying to deliver this uh, this last presentation. Boy, my back is just twisted right now. Uh, bending over on that grinder and then sleeping in that really uncomfortable bunk. Not a smart idea. I'm paying the price, but... I will get it sorted out when I get back, and I'm going to be shocking the heck out of my back the whole drive uh, back to Michigan. So should be pretty interesting. But, yeah, that's about it. Boy, that Cape Cod map is so cool looking, isn't it? It was described in one of Bill Bryson's booked, like, books uh, like an outstretched arm with a flabby bicep. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It is, uh, it's such a unique peninsula i guess i don't even know it's it's a really interesting geographic configuration and i mean what a protected little spot huh just insane so pretty cool stuff one day i'd like to explore this via mighty sparrow i think that'd be pretty fun check it all out and pull into all these places that i've only passed by and seen on the chart and dreamt about uh, but hey, it's a, at least nice to see this uh, this lighthouse that I've seen on the charts many times. It's the big one that's not on the very tip of Cape Cod, but it's kind of on the the outer, the upper outermost. So the most north east point. It's kind of the big lighthouse. So pretty pretty iconic little spot when it comes to North Atlantic sailing and all that. So pretty darn cool, nice stuff. But other than that, uh, I think the next installment will be either later tonight on the road or once I hit the hotel room or whatever. But this will be the return to Petoskey, the glory road, the final leg of the journey um, sort of wrap up podcast. And maybe I'll get a little more in depth into some of the whole idea of hitting the road and trying to scratch out a living doing doing these presentations and all that in entails in that who knows maybe that's what we'll get into but uh maybe a few of the highs and lows we'll have to sort of see so other than that uh we'll just stop here and then we'll pick back up uh later on this evening after the talk wish me luck all right well we're gonna try this out <clears throat> i don't know if it's gonna work we're on the road we're uh working our way up West Massachusetts, and uh, yeah, it's nighttime. It's about 9:30. Left about uh, an hour ago. Had to hang out. This was uh, just an absolute fantastic, fantastic show. I mean, couldn't couldn't ask for a better group of people. Saw a lot of familiar faces just told the story really well had fun with it you know lots of laughs and uh, <clears throat> I think outside of just the fact that my back hurt so bad and 
I couldn't stand up totally straight. Man, it was perfect. Oh, it was so good. Holy smokes. I just, I don't know. What a way to go out. Um, I'm, it's just a perfect note to go out on. And uh, now I'm driving. <clears throat> Holy cow. Oh, man. In Massachusetts, for sure. People people pass and then they just they don't wait five feet before they jump into your lane I'll tell you it's something else got to keep the old eyes peeled too I've got the uh, got the old uh, oh, the old deer on yeah it's a fall so suckers come out of nowhere <clears throat> but yeah ah just feels good feels good we're uh, we have completed the mish we are on the uh, <clears throat> on the road home. No more talks to give, at least not for a little while. A month? I think it's exactly a month and two days uh, until the next talk. So a nice respite and uh, sold quite a few books. I mean, ah, just great. And made some pretty good connections. So future future events definitely unfolding and uh, I don't know it gives me some some really good hope that with some serious prior planning and I'm talking about you know a year nine months out that sort of thing you can actually put some stuff together uh, to be able to not only have a big show a bunch of big shows, uh, but also do some events that raise some money for some fundraisers. I think that would be pretty cool uh, to get involved with something like that. And, uh, you know, the possibilities are sort of endless there. Be really cool. Oh, oh I'm going to try not. No, no more yawny yawn. I am tired. I mean, instinctually, I would love to just go and pull off at the first hotel, but... Stats don't lie, man. 12 hours uh, to get to Detroit <clears throat> and my buddy Scott's house. And uh, if I can get there before dinner time, that would be uh, of the polite thing to do. So I really don't feel like waking up and starting driving at 5 a.m. And... Uh, that's sort of the goal is to be able to get up you know seven get on the road probably no later than eight eight a.m so if i can do and even that if you get on the road at eight ten hours of driving you're gonna get there obviously do the math you get there at six which is uh at my buddy scott's place it's it's past dinner time just a little bit and so I'm going to do my best to just drive. Got good podcast going. Just paused it for now because I was like, man, I might as well give this a shot. I get the uh, over-looming uh, orangish light of Boston up to the north of me. Um, really quite cool. I haven't, I really stopped doing the night driving for a while. Uh, I don't really know exactly why. I used to really enjoy it because you, you have minimal traffic. It really, you, you can make those miles uninterrupted and 
uh, it, it is, I mean, I don't know. It is, as I'm older, it's not quite as fun. I don't want to burn the midnight oil. I used to drive through the night. You know, you're, you're sitting there begging the sun to start filling with half lights to sort of wake you up. And I still remember probably my favorite, my favorite long-distance solo drive was one where I think I was in Fort Lauderdale cutting my teeth, cleaning engine rooms, all that sort of stuff way back in the day. I couldn't have been much more than like 25 and ended up taking a job up in Michigan and it was late April, finished this hundred and something foot fed ship. We rewired the whole thing. Me and my buddy Barry Dyer, God rest his sweet soul, taught me so much about electricity. Uh, huge, I mean, huge breaker panel probably five feet by five feet double doors all that sort of stuff we just went to town on it I mean redid everything in this boat and it took three months we worked every single day except for two mostly 10 12 hour days and man awesome stuff spent so much time in those engine rooms can't even believe it but the route from down there from Lauderdale all the way up you can essentially if I if you go south to Miami then you catch Alligator Alley and you go across to the west coast of Florida and take I-75 from essentially from its pinnacle or from its beginning all the way up to northern Michigan and you're getting within I don't know, 50 miles, 75 miles of the, the northern terminus. So you're doing essentially the entire, entire interstate. And I don't know, there's something kind of cool about it. So I made the, I, I tacked on the extra mileage and went south to Miami, then north. And I, I want to say I left probably sometime mid-morning. Florida's huge. I mean, Florida is huge. And I remember going through the Appalachians, like Georgia and stuff, in like the evening. And then the coolest part was just being alone on that interstate all night. And you're carving your way through all those hills, all those southern states. It's all hilly. And I remember just looking around and just seeing this corridor that I was in oh my god it was fantastic got a real sense of just being in a a, a a living amphitheater of road and I remember I could still picture how those trees and everything look because you know the trees around the highway they're all 60 footers or whatever they're, they're really uniform I guess and it was so cool to just see that and, it, and just doing these big curves and, and up and down, you know. And, and one of the nice parts, when you are all alone, oh, man, this guy's got to be doing like 90 coming up on me. Holy smokes. Look at him go. Passing on the right, doing 90. Must be evading the coppers. Oh, and it's one of them Jeep Rubicons. But, yeah, you're just flying along, and you because you're alone, I could have my brights on almost all the time and 
so cool. So everything's just super lit up. And I, I kind of feel like, and I could be wrong on this, but I kind of feel like the explosion of signage uh, was something that really took off over the last 15 years, maybe. I could be totally wrong on that. But it seems like there's way more sign pollution nowadays than there was even just 15 years ago. Uh, and it really seemed like you could just barrel down an interstate and it wouldn't be just in your favor. Like right now, no turns, yield, mileage sign, big overhead sign, reflective signs, no trucks. It's just, I mean, there's signs everywhere. It's, it's rare almost, except for maybe out west. But it's rare on the eastern seaboard to uh, find any. Okay, right now. Okay, right now. Oh, I was going to say we got no signs. Boom, I can see a ton of signs again. Uh, I don't know why we have to have so much information all the time being thrown at us. It just doesn't. Like attractions, exit 36B. Like, I don't know. Those, I often wonder about those where it shows you what fast food restaurants and what hotels are at each little spot. That's got to be a way for uh, somebody to make some money off of that, right? Like make some money off the government or something. I don't know. Who knows? Ooh, I'm adjusting my little TENS machine. It's giving my back some shock treatment. It's kind of interesting, uh, this little thing. You put these two pads on. It's battery operated. It uh, gives you this little shock therapy sort of sort of feeling. It does kind of feel good when it's going on but once it stops it's not like it is doing any uh it's not keeping the pain down i popped a bunch of ibuprofen before this talk that's definitely worn off and i definitely don't like taking that stuff for this sort of pain unless i drastically need to sleep or something like that just don't you know i just don't I like it. I like it. I don't like taking anything except for krill oil pills. Love those things. Delicious. Sometimes I crunch them up and eat them. No. <laughs> that would be absolutely insane. I burp like two hours later and I can taste that stuff. Oh, baby. Oh, we're getting pinched. Ah, oh, Jesus. Ah. Ah. It's always kind of interesting, the coincidental... I mean, I suppose you're passing by 80 million on-ramps, so it's not that coincidental, but it seems like a lot of times when you get some somebody who's not ready to just punch it down... You know, if you're, if you're coming on an on-ramp, even if you have a yield sign, if you can get ahead, go for it. Punch that. <sighs> just got... I got pinched out. We're on a three-laner right now. We're on 495 going west is one of the outer it's like the outer highway around Boston so you don't have to go through it I almost went into Boston just so I could see it I have this thing and I've always had it since I was a kid I love love going through heavy heavy industry sections and also just big cities it's it's miraculous to me I love it something about it is just so cool just seeing what people can create the magnitude of it, the scale of it. I've been able to drive past New York City now, I don't know, five times on this voyage. 
on this trip voyage. <laughs> I'm in definitely in the old. Uh, I'm in uh, presentation mode. Is what I'm searching for there. Boy, I, I'm glad I could find my words and articulate them a whole lot better while I'm up on stage. Way, way easier. Great little yacht club. Great yacht club. Uh, I remember it well. And it was a dinner event. Those are always pretty cool. And they did it uh, a little differently. I think last time, last time I want to say they served dinner during it. But I, I, can't, I can't imagine they would have done that. I have done those luncheon ones where... You know, everybody gets their food, they sit down, and I start talking. This one was uh, cocktails at five. My show started about 45 minutes later. And then, as soon as I was finished, then dinner was served uh, during the QA. And super cool. Uh, the QA was only maybe 30 minutes or something like that. And then it was signing books after that. But I don't know, just a fun system. It all works really well. And everybody's just so supportive when. When people find out that I do these things unsponsored, oh, first big rig that I've seen tonight. Interesting. No, that's not going to be the last one. I mean, you didn't even have a trailer. <clears throat> people are so supportive uh, when they when they start to when they realize that I'm doing it unsponsored. When they realize that I'm trying to, uh, I'm I'm pretty much trying. The goal is to be self-employed with all this stuff. Because it was, I had one gentleman. I, I sat down at one table and and had dinner with with some of the organizers. But then I moved along and sat down with some of the guests and everything, some of the members, and that was pretty neat. Um, but one gentleman wanted to know. He was like, "Well, what is your like job?" And <laughs> you know, it's always kind of an interesting one um, <clears throat> because you know I do have to get a job. Normally, I have to work at least at least like minimum four more realistically half a year I've got to get I've got to sign I got to get a paycheck from somebody I got to submit to you know that sort of thing and I don't mind that at all I actually like being part of a good team with uh, a decent job even working in the yard was awesome it's sort of it's fun but at the same time it's fun because I know I've got a four-month season where I'm doing it and once I finish that, then I'm free. There's something about that that's always resonated a whole lot with me. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe if I ever did find a job that I enjoyed so much and I enjoyed the team so much uh, and it had the ability to grow into a position that that is more of a livable wage. Not that the boatyard was definitely a livable wage and they... Uh, the ownership of Night Marine were great about, you know, you come back for an extra year, you're getting a bump. You come back another year, get another bump. And there are a lot of really great incentives and all that sort of stuff, which made working there really, really nice. But it's also, that's one of those jobs that's hard on the body. It's not, it, it takes a toll. And so you always have to consider the fact that you're going to probably age out of jobs like that. Um, if you want to conserve your, you know, your body, you don't want to be all banged up and have a heart attack or <laughs> just, I don't know. I, I'm not at that age quite yet, but, uh, I can feel it. I mean, especially with the back injury and stuff, that's, that's, 
that's kind of a game changer. It was an eye opener, let's say. The eyes are wide, and I am a little worried about the whole back thing because what I worry about as far as the sailing stuff goes is what happens when this happens out at sea. I mean, I know I don't have to stand up a whole lot out at sea. I never do. I am sitting a lot. I've got my bean bag. I love that thing. Um, but if it's a situation where the bunk or the mattress or whatever is making it worse, I still think that I just slept on, I slept in the wrong position the first night I was back on Sparrow and then ended up kind of punching through but I think at that point it was just too late I had I had kinked up my back again and the only solution for me for this is going to be uh, another visit a couple of visits to the chiropractor to pop me back into into place I think I undid all the work because when I saw that chiropractor which I, I did see him probably like seven times this summer <clears throat> Why did this car just slow down to 57? These smart cars, man, I'll tell you what, I'm not a fan. Like, it has not saved me one iota, not even for a second. All it's done is screw up my cruise control. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need my steering wheel to turn me a little bit when I get close to the white line, and I don't need the brake pedal to get pumped when a car puts on its brakes, you know, a thousand feet ahead of me. I like to turn all that sort of stuff off, but I couldn't figure out how to turn it off on this car. Fancy, fancy dancy. But I did finally, at the tail end on the last leg of this trip, figure out the Google Play or Apple Play or whatever play with the phone. So I'm no longer juggling between two different navigation systems. So that's a win. And, uh, I don't know though. I don't know if I like it. There it goes. Oh, is it slowing me down again? No. I'm trying to. <clears throat> I don't understand. I wonder how I'd like a Tesla. I don't think I would. I think it's too technological for me. I think I'm more of a. Yeah, see, here we go again. Slowing me down, slowing me down, slowing me down. I don't know what's going on with that. That's weird, dude. That is weird. And that's not safe. Like, what if I got somebody right behind me? I don't get it. <clears throat> but enough about my hate of this lovely vehicle that I'm borrowing that has allowed me to travel 4,000 miles, uh, do all of these presentations, pretty much come out, eh, eh just, a, 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 just a shade over uh, into, the, into the red or into the black. Yeah, you want to be in the black. You don't want to be in the red. I thought I was going to uh, come out way on top, but um, I don't know. Those those hidden costs of of everything just sort of tack on. Plus, I don't know. For me, it's really you know, it's Sparrow. You got every time I'm there, I got these projects, and so you start having to purchase stuff. And man, oh man, does it get you in the end? But uh, yeah, the hotels. I think between between the handful of hotels that I had to stay in, where I didn't have uh, any other housing. And then the food and the gasoline. That, that's really, that's where the real costs incur. 
and gas isn't cheap because this uh, this vehicle doesn't take regular. Let's just say that. Blessing and a curse. Although it gets amazing gas mileage. When I fill it up, I got a range 730 miles. It's like an 18 gallon tank or something like that. So not too shabby there, I will say. It's kind of nice. <clears throat> Made it so I could fill up down south and uh, dart past some of these very expensive states. In the beginning of this, in Connecticut, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe I was paying close to $5 a gallon, which is crazy for America, here in America. America. Oh, oh man, it still hasn't even quite hit me that uh, I am finally, I'm, I'm not sad by any means, but I am a little bit. Like, all right, well, on to the next. And I got a little bit of, uh, I got a little bit of work to do up there in Mish. Got to, uh, got to get some chain plates installed. Got to do some non-skid paint work, and got to start working on getting this tow rail installed. Some winches, some other stuff. It's basically bedding everything back into place, which would be pretty cool. I'm excited about that because I know it's going to start looking amazing. Bedding bedding things properly, especially things like winches and all this sort of stuff, doesn't take a huge amount of time. Thanks, nav person. I was very tempted to go full. Oh, we got accident over there. Multiple police, multiple uh, fire, fire uh, trucks. Hope everybody's okay. Kind of doubting it. Hope everybody's okay, though. Uh, I was very tempted because I have an Atlas uh, from 2021, I believe. And yes, I actually they still make those things. And I was it was one that I remember my sister Ina, she friend of the show, shout out Ina. She came and we did a road trip up to Michigan from Charleston, South Carolina. She flew from Florida rather than flying all the way home. Uh, or all the way up to my parents' place. She ended up uh, coming with me. And uh, we drove, because I always prefer to drive rather than fly. And I took the Atlas. And I told her, I was, she hopped in, and I remember being like, all right, no navigation apps. We're doing this all old school. And she's like, what? I don't know how to... I don't know how to navigate with a map. And I was like, don't worry. We're going we're gonna to learn. I'm going to teach gonna love it and uh, in the beginning it was pretty spooky um, she did not like it because you know you get you get sometimes in these high pressure zones where you're going through I think it was when we were going through Cleveland not Cleveland uh, Cincinnati and there was a lot of construction at that point they were redoing one of the bridges I think the bridge on the south side of the city and so people got rerouted and all that sort of stuff. She was kind of trying to freak out a little bit on that. But she kept level head, got out of it. And uh, I think that's sort of the thing, that, that whole idea back in the day, especially of, you know, um, if you end up turning off around a big city, you might end up in a really bad part of town. And, not know where you're going, what you're doing. You end up doing a Clark Griswold, you know, pulling off. And, and <laughs> what's that, that scene? I think they're in, like, St. Louis or something like that. And they end up 
you know, the bad part of town. And they, they're asking directions and stuff, and then he's like, all right, roll them up. <laughs> Ooh, darting out in front of me, huh? Nice one, buddy. We got some big trees around here. I'm getting a little corridor action, but it's getting a bit of traffic right now for a 9.55. wonder how many hours I'm going to drive for. Uh, feeling pretty good right now, I'm not going to lie. I've got a sugar-free Red Bull, my nighttime cocktail of choice. Really cocktail, I suppose. But, uh, whoo! It doesn't take a whole lot before all of a sudden the yawns start to kick really in. But for me, the judge is always the eyes. You start getting the old unfocus and uh, all that sort of stuff. And when it gets like super annoying to have cars behind you, you know, your mirrors are all blown up. Oh, now you're going to speed up? Now, now you're going to speed up. The minute I come out to the side. Yep, that's uh, Colin. Shout out Colin, friend of the show. He's been on the show. Uh, my buddy Colin, that is his number one pet peeve on the road. You get a situation where uh, you go out to pass somebody and then they speed up on you. Man, he hates that. Gets him hot. Like Dave Dave Boone, friend of the show, he'd, uh, he'd always say, <laughs> wires are touching, man. Wires are touching. Uh, uh, that's you know that is still kind of a shame. Not really a shame because I'm pretty sure it's still going to happen uh, when I when I fly up there to help with that boat going from uh, from Maine down to Florida in about two weeks. Uh, get up there and do another pod with old Murph and see everybody up there at uh, at the boatyard. But the goal was essentially finish this with originally before that delivery came to light. The, the plan was to finish this trip here on Cape Cod and then head up to Boston, sit down with my Uncle Bill, and then head up to Maine. There was also another one, another gentleman that I wanted to have on the show, um, which would have been super cool. But uh, maybe in the future, maybe in the future. It's kind of the nice part, you know. I I really enjoyed being out in Newport because I feel like there were a ton of people that could very, very easily be on this show. I feel like if I went to Newport for a month, I could do a podcast almost every single day, uh, which might just have to happen at some point, really, to be realistic about it. And Because it was such a great conversation that I had with uh, Eric Wakefield. And I saw the potential because it was really interesting, too. Like, just, just hearing about the ins and outs of working on some of these super maxi yachts and I mean 4,000 pound sails jeez please. using forklifts to flake them and all that sort of stuff like I don't know it's, it's pretty crazy I, I think about puts it into perspective me you know griping about having to flake up my staysail by myself <laughs> right Oh man Now we're moving baby Oh see like this I don't know this is just amazing Very little traffic I'm loving this And I know 
I know, come come light, come 6 a.m., come rush hour, it's not going to be like this anymore. That's the thing that prods me into flying through the night, foregoing the old, uh, the old sleep, foregoing, stopping in, grabbing some junk food or something like that, and then, oh, turn the old poop tube on. Ah, yes. Good times. Ooh, about to switch off to 90. Interstate 90. The Massachusetts. I-90, Massachusetts. Thanks. Navigation. Got to be nice to the AI. They're going to be our boss. Uh, yeah, so just about to clink in on uh, the old I-90. I Massachusetts. Mass Turnpike. I wonder how much that's going to cost me. It's pretty amazing how many tolls uh, I have racked up. And funny thing is... Just barely any outside of the Jersey Turnpike and a few other tolls in Jersey. Every last other one of them has all been the old uh, take a picture of your plate and it's going to send it to you. Which, uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, toll road. One mile. Uh-huh. Got me now, doesn't it? Well, we'll slow down. A little construction. A little construction. Some of the... Oh. I am still in the construction. That's always the big question. How much are you going to really slow down? Sometimes it's just not delineated really well. It doesn't tell you. Use the right lane to take exit 58 onto I-90 and Massachusetts Turnpike toward Albany, New York. Okay, done. Right lane. Already in it. Already ahead of the game. I love it. I do remember one instance many years ago. Come up to a construction site, and uh, I slowed right down. But the guy behind me didn't, and he passes me, and whoom, gets nailed. All right, keeping left. Ooh, there's a couple of trucks. Mm, I love these, like... 180, 270 degree turns. Ooh, I'm going west. West, finally. Seems so long ago I went east. Always east. And I'm going west, right? Yep. Woohoo! Towards the old Springfield. I wonder if that's the Simpsons Springfield. Could it be? I don't know. Keeping left. Nice. Everybody else is peeling off to the east. Love it. All right. Ooh, sharp, sharp turn. Oh, no signs for that one. Jeez. Oh, gosh. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Nice. Dang, that was... That was some serious... I think I literally... Oh, boy. Bump. Sign for that one. All right. Peeling out. Italy accelerate. Continue straight. 123 miles. Oh, yeah. 
We got service plazas. Uh, yes, the old service plaza. I don't know. I, you know, I think for me, hot and cold on that one. Because, one, it's kind of nice. You know, there's no question. It's not the whole, like, oh, I'm going to take this exit and we'll see what's there. You know, you know what the service plaza is going to have. But I don't know if anybody's noticed how expensive those places are. You go in to buy a sugar-free Red Bull, uh, you know, the whatever it is, 16-ounce ones, the, the mid-range. Those suckers uh, at these toll plazas are freaking, or at these uh, service station things. Ooh, 80-cent toll by the plate. Uh, those suckers cost like six bucks at these toll plaza things, or these uh, service service oases. Isn't that what they call them at... Uh, on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Glad I'm not doing that one. Although I have some fond memories from the first, one of my first sort of round the East Coast speaking tours. Long ago, I was on that old Penn Turnpike quite a bit. And uh, so I, I have good fond memories. I don't know, all these experiences, you know, uh, even the, the work ones and all that sort of stuff, you know, you look back on them from a few years five six years down the line you look back you're like oh the good old days look at that i remember that remember that that's just how it's something i think always sort of keeping that in your in your scope of understanding when you are dealing with any sort of hard situation is to always remember that like hey at some point you're going to get through this and then you're going to look back on it. And you might be like, phew, I'm done. I don't know how to do that again. Holy smokes. But years down the line, way down the line, you're going to look back on that if you remember it. And uh, you'll be pretty stoked. It'll be, it'll seem like, oh, yeah, remember all those crummy motels that I stayed in? Those were so great, man. Those were the good old days. But when you pull into a crummy motel and you open up the door and it stinks like cigarettes and it's just awful. Uh, yeah, it's not so pleasant while you're doing it. It's been how I've, uh, I've been wrapping up the old uh, talks lately. It's, uh, it's that whole idea of, uh, you know, there's some adventures are fun while you're doing them. And some are fun once they're over and you're thinking about them and telling stories about them and uh yeah i think that's a good fun way to wrap things up it all kind of comes together tie a bow on it and it's done uh but yeah other than that i i don't have a whole lot to talk about now it's just sort of a stream of consciousness and still i don't know if the audio quality is any good i remember i tried to do this long time ago and uh it did not work at all because i had the microphones way up i've turned the microphones down to like 50 percent, so i'm hoping that will actually help but if it does not then uh this was just another case of rambling jerome rambling away to himself uh in a car tunneling through the night but hey that's kind of cool it's going to be if if it's not for the public, it's for me. 
for a long, long time from now. <sighs> so yeah, we're on the road back. I know it's exciting now. I know it feels good now. I know in a couple hours I'm going to be exhausted. Find a hotel, get a good night's sleep, have a beer. Uh, not in that order. I'm going to have a beer, then I'm going to have a good night's sleep. And uh, after that, oh, sleep, sleep. Get up and hit the road. Tomorrow is going to be a long one, no matter what. Guaranteed it's going to probably be about a 10-hour day. At least a not eight, eight to ten hours on the road, just tunneling through. Which won't hopefully be too bad, and as long as the traffic's not terrible. It is a Sunday, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll be working working our way over there to good old Michigan. Well early. Hopefully make some phone calls, chat with some people, listen to some good tunes, maybe pick up a podcast or two, and. Uh, all that good so who knows if I keep darting through the night and I get uh, another hanker in to do some tankering I will pick this thing back up but uh, until now this is part two coming up on part three of the tour wrap up thanks for listening on the road again just can't wait to get on the road again Hey everybody, cut to, I think last time I left, I was in Massachusetts maybe, uh, or possibly New York, tunneling through the night on a uh, overcast, almost started to rain eventually, but uh, finally after, mm, sometime after midnight on our daylight savings time, Ended up pulling off the road and finally finding a hotel, which was nice. Much needed to get a little bit of shut eye. Can get dangerous when you get pretty tired out there. But uh, cut to now. We are in the great state of Michigan, headed north. And oh my goodness gracious, it feels good. Holy smokes, it feels so beyond good. I wrapped up two meetings this morning. Got to do a pit stop and have a lovely dinner with my friends, Cass and Scott. And uh, although the weather is chilly, it's about 58 degrees, it's overcast, no rain though, traffic is light. We're about, I don't know, 40 miles away from I-75, that great black snake of a road that runs from Sault Ste. Marie all the way to Alligator Alley in the great state of Florida. And I don't know, I just... Uh, oh, 10, oh, 10 miles I-75. Oh, yes. Hopefully the road surface, and not going to lie, you're in the state of Michigan. The roads, uh, every politician for the last century has run on the campaign of, I'll fix the damn roads. Nobody's ever fixed these roads because the winter uh, stretches and condenses and breaks them down so fast you can't fix them. Regardless of that, hopefully on the old I-75, the pavement will be a little nicer and so it'll be a little quieter uh, for the listenership. For all you lovely listeners of this podcast, holy smokes, what a whirlwind. It's 
I'm feeling this very interesting feeling today. Um, after wrapping up these meetings and now truly, unequivocally looking at the home stretch, headed back for a break. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's an amazing feeling, you know. I being on the road this long, working as hard as I'm working being out of my comfort zone you know there's something so nice about reaching that border of Michigan and Ohio and feeling like you're in your home state home court advantage familiar places Um, it's like a hug a little hug out here on the road and um, knowing that and it's something I talk about quite a bit on my in my presentations how some of the reasons for going out and doing the things that I do are not only finding those beautiful spots and those perfect days out at sea, but it's, it's the fact that all those times are so amplified because you go through so much just to get there. You know, you, you might get out to the middle of the Atlantic in two weeks, see an unbelievable sunset, but it was the two weeks of getting there through thick and thin calms and storms that really takes... Uh, or that really elevates that sunset that you finally find in those perfect conditions to something that is truly, truly wonderful. And I'm feeling that same way. Oh, we got raindrops. I'm feeling that same way right now. Uh, I'm looking back now on this trip and all the meetings and all the presentations, the meet and greets, the selling books the podcasts, the long hours in the car, the work on the boat, the plotting, the planning, the uploading, the this, the the other thing. And, you know, there were things that I wasn't able to do. There were sort of goals that I had set that I didn't quite reach, you know. I I wasn't able to put together any YouTube videos or whatever. But, you know, you take what you can get when you do do this. But I don't know, there's something about that 100% commitment that uh, you just launch yourself out on the road and you've got these dates booked and there's no calling in sick on any of these, you know. It's, I find it's very similar to that same feel that I get when I go out to sea because you get offshore and there's no there's no pause button, there's no stop and uh, you really just have to, you have to keep going. You have to, you're committed 100%. There's no, there's no getting off, and I don't know. It, it's kind of, in some ways, very similar when you're out on the road and you've got these gigs booked and you've got to do them. And you know, sometimes you might not feel up to it. I got my back pain I'm dealing with. Um, shout out to Rob though. I got this tens thing. Holy cow! It's not like it's fixing my back, but whole oh, man, it's making it feel a whole lot better. It's buzzing away at me right now. But. Yeah, it's just this, this feeling, this reward, you know, you get this, and I'm sure it's just, you know, chemically, it's no different than any dopamine hit that you get, but now I'm in that relief where the road doesn't seem so long anymore, the destination is almost visible on the map, it's truly an amazing, amazing feeling, and I couldn't, I couldn't be here without having gone through and put in the work and put in the time to actually 
make it worthwhile. I mean, anybody can just say, hey, you know what? I'm going on vacation. I've got I've got six nights, I believe. I've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, I got six nights. And I do have some work to do up there for sure. But all small things. Um, I don't know. I just I I, I feel good because I don't feel drained. I feel refreshed, revived. I feel ah, I feel ready. I honestly believe it or not, I'm already starting to cook things up, trying to figure out how how about how do I go about putting together a better speaking tour uh, for next fall? Something more, you know, just better. Uh, more more places, new places, uh, round two. I don't know. That's all probably just uh, me being a little overexcited right now because a couple weeks ago I was just like, oh my gosh, when's this going to end? But, hey, you know, you take what you can. <sighs> I did, however, just one of the meetings, the last one that I had was with my videographer, a uh, friend of the show, Everett. He's been on the show, the Mississippi Cowboy, so to speak. Uh, Kay Newen, the old, uh, the mighty Mississippi, and uh, he does video editing and all that sort of stuff, document, uh, I guess you could say, he's a documentarian, um, but he's been working on putting together this, uh, this little sizzle reel, this little teaser video for the presentations and all that sort of stuff, and I got to see the, uh, first draft of it, amazing, oh my gosh, uh, it made me want to book myself for a talk. <laughs> yeah, I, he just does such good work. I, I, it's, it's just, I wish, I wish, I wish I had those skills that he has to be able to do that. Uh, my YouTube videos would be out of this world. Uh, I'm almost, almost tempted to send him a whole bunch of clips and see how much it costs to have him put things together. And uh, and then go from there to actually make some some pretty wild content. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's pretty crazy um, seeing it in that sort of professional mode with the music and things clipped in and the news stuff and then the, uh, interviews, all that, all mixed together with clips from the presentation. I don't know. It was great. It was great. Great job, effort. Worth every penny. Um, uh, just. Unbelievable. All right, folks, we're about to cross over onto I-75 North. I don't know if that just got better or worse. Feels like it. Uh, it's different. Different uh, road service. Miles. Continue straight. 167 miles. Nice. Love hearing that. That gets me all the way up to Vandertucky. Or no, 160. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So it's really kind of interesting. Uh, Michigan, you know, everything sort of thins out the further north you get. I don't know how many people are familiar with the state, but you've got the lower peninsula, you got the upper peninsula. I-75 is the main route to get from the Mackinac Bridge at the very tip of the, that connects the upper and lower peninsula. Um, comes up from Detroit. The other side, coming up from Chicago, is uh, 196. And then you got 69, I think, running right down the middle, and they sort of all culminate together. And 
slowly drop off and stuff. But those are the three main arteries that go up. But I-75 is the one that they all, the other two are tributaries. They, they link in eventually and uh, turn over and turn into I-75. So we're on the granddaddy, people. Feels good. Feels real good. We're headed towards Saginaw. Outside of Saginaw. Look for America. There's that old song. Love that. Uh, I don't know. It's just uh, Michigan, man. I, You know, it's kind of weird how you identify with your state. You know, your state. You're, you're born in a state, obviously, and that has a lot to do with it, I think. But I think as we get older, there's, there's sort of, you get a feeling where you sort of... Uh, I don't know, become one with the state. A state, for whatever reason, it doesn't have to be the one you're born in, feels like home. And I get that feeling sometimes when I'm out on the East Coast that, you know, I kind of belong out here. Oh, hear that rain pelting down. Hope this doesn't last all day. I probably should pause the podcast uh, until, yeah, let's do that tunneling down the road at very high speeds and uh, there's no reason to uh, make it any more dangerous than it already is. Alright, we'll talk in a little bit. Alright, and we are back. Holy cow, that was a bit of a squall. You can even go through them on land, I guess. Wow. And now we are much further along. Boy, it's almost, I honestly, this road trip... 105. Wow, we are tunneling through. I just switched over to the part of I-75. Uh, some people may not know, but the speed limit cranks up to 75, so obviously you can do 80. And um, man, it's so nice. The miles just fall off once you get just north of Saginaw is when it does that switch. And it's a beautiful thing. Now no longer raining, the road's dry, and I am loving life. But man, I almost, I like literally, I was jamming some tunes, and I looked down, and I was just like, oh no, there's only 100 miles left. It was just, I, I, I obviously I could just slow down to enjoy this more, uh, but I do want to get off the road, so it is one of those things. Catch 22, you know, I want to enjoy this final stretch, this final leg of the journey. But at the same time, I do want to get there. It's not all about the journey. Sometimes the destination has to be taken into account. But yeah, I don't know. I you know I gotta. I do have to pick one last thing. I gotta pick what I'm gonna get for lunch because you know I, if there's one thing I I desperately failed on this trip, it was trying to eat healthy, eat clean, and uh, get the exercise. My back definitely hindered the amount of exercise I could do but I could have chosen a lot better food choices along this uh this last month and a half but hey you know uh that's one of those things you can start anytime any day you just decide you make the change and uh you, you just decide go eat clean eat healthy eat simple and I think I think that day is gonna uh, I think this, that day is actually probably going to start tomorrow, believe it or not. Speed check. All right, so it told me speed check. Let's see. 
how long until we actually see said said speed check I don't know you know sometimes you can't trust these things I don't even know how they know supposedly people like report them in or something I'm not too sure the last one was super accurate though dude speed checked oh we got flocks of flocks of birds in the air ah, I love seeing that seems like I'm seeing more of them than I did 10 years ago but less of them than I did 20 years ago and certainly less than I saw 30 years ago you see flocks of birds all the time oh how the world is a changing everything's all winter dead up here too any of the trees that still have any leaves on them are a dark burgundy brown so I definitely would have been nice to see the the peak of everything um, <clears throat> you know Michigan Michigan is is definitely I would say rivals some of the stuff you see over in Maine New Hampshire and Vermont um, you know they also have the mountains and the hills so you know it can become a little more picturesque for the fall colors for the the leaf papers out there but Michigan does it right we got a lot of beautiful hardwood trees up here and they are glorious oh man exit 181 wow we are just tanking along this is just this is ridiculous slow down ah. wow I don't know I can't remember I was trying to think of what I was thinking of before I'm trying to wrap this I want to wrap this one up because I know I have a few parts to it and God only knows how interesting this this can't possibly be <laughs> to listen to me ramble and drive um, with terrible audio quality but hey you know it is what it is sometimes you just gotta put stuff out there and uh, I don't know I just want to I, I like sharing the I like sharing this good feeling that that comes after some some hard work and uh, taking on some challenges and rising up to those challenges as best you can because there is nothing nothing feels better and there were plenty of times along this trip where I was like I wish something would happen and I wouldn't have to go and do this one or why did I have to accept doing this one here or this and I think I think the the keynote gig at the Larchmont um, for the intercollegiate offshore regatta. I think that was one where I sort of accepted it just because I was on the road anyway, you know, and gets me up on stage and stuff. Um, but I, I, as it crept forward, because it added a whole nother element, the, the time had to be shrunk down. Uh, everything had to be really changed up for that event. And I didn't know how the setup was going to be, all that sort of stuff. I was kind of like, uh, man, why did I do that? I wish I wouldn't have done it. But there's still a part of me that is tied to an old mantra that I used to have where if it makes you nervous, do it. You know, I not, when I used to be looking for yacht deliveries and things, it's in my early 20s. And if I came across something or somebody offered me a gig and they were like, oh, this boat's going to be, you know, leaving from Antigua and go across to Spain, something like that. I can remember being like, ooh, geez, like, 
I got to fly down to the Caribbean, get on this boat. I've never met these people. That, that's that's out of my wheelhouse. Let's do it. <laughs> Jump right in. And that ended up being, you know, first transatlantic delivery, one of the best. Probably, probably still a contender, top three uh, ocean crossings I've ever had in my life. I mean, that was just a classic, absolutely classic good time. Captain David Miles, if he's not still alive, may he uh, rest his sweet soul. He was uh, taught me a whole lot about the world, the offshore world, and man, good times. And you know, it's those things. So often in life, I find myself just like, oh, you know, I don't know about that, uh, and I worry. And the older I am, the more I seem to worry about that stuff. And I really gotta get over it. I'm so fortunate that for whatever reason, in my subconscious, I still have that. I still have that kind of thinking of like, no, let's let's go for it. Let's see what happens there. You know. And it's never one of those situations where I'm like, oh, well, what's the worst that can happen? Because in my line of work, um, things can go really bad. <laughs> so it's not like that. It's just more of like, you know, you'll rise to the occasion. You'll be able to do it. Just get out there and get into it. Don't uh, don't let the what ifs ever stop you. And uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting. I was uh, staying with Mike Porter, friend of the show. Uh, shout out, Mike. And his lovely wife, uh, she and I were talking about how, you know, as we get older, we sort of worry about things more. And just little things, stupid things. You know, when you're young, you're, you're a teenager or whatever, you're, you're sort of haphazardly going through life. You're not, not a care in the world kind of thing. And dangers and risks and, and things like that are easily just sort of shucked off. And you're just like, whatever, it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. But then as you get older, it starts to, I don't know, it it like invades your brain. And you really have to work hard to just, I would say you have to work hard to shut it off. But that's not the right thing because it's there. It's, you have to work hard to deal with it, overcome it, and just get beyond it. Because it's not something where... I, I don't have enough capability over my mental ability to pick and choose what thoughts go into my head. As much as I would love to say that, oh, you know, uh, I control every aspect of what goes on in my brain, I know I don't. And the older I get, the less I do, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, but I have grown skillful, if you will, in the art of dealing with, dissecting, and getting beyond some of those thoughts that go into my head. And it's only been done through a lot of work and a lot of patience and trial and error. And I guess a lot of it probably comes down as well to time spent alone. Because when you're alone, you're in your head. You know, if you're it's one thing, it's, it's very easy to come up with a lot of diversions and distractions, you know, listening to podcasts, reading books. Reading books, though, I find myself sometimes reading, digesting the book while I'm thinking about other things, and a lot of times I lose what I'm actually reading, but 
Um, when I'm listening to podcasts or audiobooks, things like that, I that's a that's a, a pause button for the brain when I get into them, and um, I think sometimes that's a good thing to have. It can be used as a good tool, but at the same time, uh, it's really kind of nice to just listen to the wind in the sails, listen to the the road under the wheels, if you will, and get into your brain and think about things and question why you're thinking about this and confronting things um, and doing it in as much of an honest and upfront fashion as you can because you can lie to yourself I, I've always I've never I've never really understood when people are like well you can't lie to yourself well, no you can lie to yourself you can convince yourself of just about anything through repetition and all that sort of stuff and you know maybe not a hundred percent but if you get to 99 percent pretty much you're you're going to be able to get past it i'm not saying that's a good thing but it's use it i i use that as a vehicle sometimes and a training exercise so to speak so when those thoughts are in your head and things that you don't want to be thinking of worries and things that might hinder your progress moving forward and stuff like that well you know work on it get rid of those replace them with something better and um, you know just remember that you'll rise to the occasion when it comes down to it so the what ifs and the worries should have no no weight when it comes to choosing what you want to do and how you want to go about doing it so I don't know I don't know if any of that makes sense at all, but take it for what you will. I'm always, I think, going to be trying to explain not only to my listeners, but also to myself. And as I've said it before, I kind of use this podcast as a a bit of self-therapy, and uh, it definitely helps to, to talk things out, even though I guess it's a little less weird that I'm talking to a microphone than just me driving in a car talking to myself which is essentially the same thing, but not really. <laughs> it's a rationalization, maybe. I don't know if that's the right word or not. But in any event, I'm super stoked. Ah, just, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm over the moon right now. And uh, I'm ready. I'm ready, uh, ready for a little R&R. I am ready to get off the road. But I'm ready for lunch first. I'm ready to enjoy the rest of I-75. And uh, I'm ready to punch it out and get uh, get to the next the next little adventure. So, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to all my supporters. You really, really have uh, made this podcast continue on, and I appreciate you. And other than that, until next time, drive safe. <laughs>